We're going to continue this morning looking at Luke chapter 4 together. We're going to move on now. And, and the title of this message this morning is There's No Place Like Home. That's the title of this message, There's No Place Like Home. And we'll be reading from Luke chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. And it says this, Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in the synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up there to read the scriptures. You know, growing up, I, uh, I often was forced to watch a lot of TV programs or films that my parents used to love growing up. In particular, not my parents, I'll say my dad. My dad always used to put on for us his favorite shows, his favorite films, like Laurel and Hardy. I used to watch them quite often. Uh, he used to put on, uh, well, you name it, Star Wars, Back to the Future, Star Trek, all these sort of things. These things he used to grow up with, watching on TV, he used to make us watch. And there was a film that he put on for me. I remember when I was growing up, I'm sure many of you know it, The Wizard of Oz. Anybody else remember The Wizard of Oz? Yeah. And uh, I remember him putting that on for me. And uh, it's that story of that young girl, Dorothy, in Kansas. And this hurricane comes along. And all of a sudden, she's swept off to this fantasy land called Oz. And she meets some interesting characters. And there's this wicked witch as well, isn't there, who's after Dorothy in that film. But there comes a point in that film where she's fed up. And she, she wants to go back to Kansas, but there's no way. She's looking for a way to get back to Kansas, but there's one way for her to get back. She's got to wear these shoes, these red sparkling shoes. Unfortunately, I haven't got them on today, but she's got these red sparkling shoes and she taps them together. And then she's got to utter these words. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. You know, that's a phrase that we as a family, we've coined, we, we use quite often as a family. There's no place like home. I'm not ashamed to say that I love my home. I'm a homeboy. You know, I love where I am from. I love my home. I love my family. It's not just because of the place. It's because of the people who are there. That's what makes a house a home, isn't it? It is the people, but I love my home. Not only do I love my home, but I love the area in which I've grown up in. I know many people might not think it, but I love Aberdeen. I love Cumdee. It is my home. I love these streets. I've grown up on these streets. I've grown up in Cumdee playing football with my friends. You know, I wandered the streets just like Nathas, my brother here. You know, we've done those things. I love this place called home. And you know, it's had such an impact in me. This place, this area, the people from this area have molded me and shaped me into the person that I am today. And I'm sure many of you have been molded by this area, by the people in your lives as well. Those neighbors, those friends, those family members, we've all been molded by these people. Those traditions, those shared experiences, they have been part of the tapestry of our lives, shaping the story of our lives. And you know, when I think of home, it brings back feelings of nostalgia and sentiment and all these things when I think of home. I love home. It brings these, these warm feelings and memories to me. But you know, home is meant to do more than that. You know, we aren't here in these places. We haven't been just put in these places just to have nice feelings. But I really believe God has got a plan and purpose for us. And there is a reason why he's placed us in these specific places. God has placed us as his followers, as his people in these places to bring about change, to be a catalyst to ch for change. Now, you might think this morning, how can I bring change to this area? 
Surely it's the MPs who do that, the, the local councillors who do that, you know, the influential people. Can I really make an impact on the area around me? Well, I believe we can. I believe we can make an impact. And that impact that God has called us to do is to bring about him to this area. He wants us to tell the people around us about who he is. God wants us to have a lasting impact on our communities. And you know, as we've seen in Luke's gospel, we see that home was important for Jesus as well. Jesus loved where he was from. Jesus loved his hometown. And and when we see here in Luke chapter 4, we see that Jesus, he returns to his hometown. This place where he grew up, this place called Nazareth. Now, Nazareth, it was a small place. It's a humble place, but that was the place where Jesus grew up. Jesus was familiar with this town. He knew this area. He knew everybody there and everybody knew him. They knew that he was Mary and Joseph's son. He was the son of the carpenter. They knew who Jesus was. But they had huge stories, I'm sure. Rumors began to spread that Mary and Joseph's son wasn't just this ordinary boy, but he was a miracle worker. Some people thought that he was a prophet. But Jesus declared that he was the son of God. He was God in the flesh. That's who he was. And, and he went around all these different areas. He had a mission and a plan to bring about the good news of God to, to this world who had been separated from God. He wanted the world to come to know him and be reconciled to God. And the Bible tells us he had been around different areas. He had been telling people about who he was. He'd been preaching. He'd been performing miracles, signs and wonders, healing people, changing lives. But now we see in Luke chapter 4 that he comes back to his hometown. The Bible says he's led by the Holy Spirit to come back to his hometown. And the Bible says that while he's staying in his hometown in Nazareth, he goes to the synagogue. Did you know the church was important for Jesus? Did you know that Jesus went to church every week? He would go to the synagogue every single week. The synagogue was important to him. He was Jewish and that was part of his tradition, but that's where he went. He'd go along. And if it's important to Jesus, I want to encourage you, it should be important for us as well. We claim we're followers of Jesus. Jesus made it a priority to go to the synagogue. It was his custom. And when he went to the synagogue, he'd go and there would be a meeting there. It'd be a little bit different to our type of meeting today, but they had this Jewish meeting which was filled with praise, which was filled with songs like ours. They would have set readings and they would also have people delivering a message. It was very similar, but it was done following a lot of the Old Testament laws. But you know, what would often happen was when the, the local synagogues, they'd have a rabbi who was in charge. The rabbi was like the priest the vicar, the pastor, whatever you call it, they were in charge of the synagogue. And the, the rabbi would be the one who would lead the services. But oftentimes, whenever a guest rabbi or teacher would come along in that area, the rabbi would give them the responsibility of bringing the message or bringing some readings. And, and the rabbi here heard that Jesus was in town. So Jesus goes along to the synagogue. And when he goes along to the synagogue, he wasn't just sitting there. But he was asked, he was invited to bring a reading, be a part of that meeting. And now while he's in that meeting, he brings this incredible declaration, this incredible message declaring who he is. He says that the spirit of the Lord is upon him. He says that he has come to bring good news to the poor, to, to set the captives free. He says that he's come to bring good news and liberty and freedom to all those 
would put their trust in him. Jesus brought that reading, which is quoted by the prophet Isaiah, but he was saying that he was the fulfillment of that, that he was going to be the one who would bring about that change in that area. That's why he came back to his hometown. Jesus came back to his hometown, not just, just to go to a church service, not just to catch up with people, but Jesus returned because he had a mission there. He had a mission to reach his hometown to come back to him, to reconcile his hometown to himself. And did you know, God has placed you and me where we are because he wants to reach, he wants us to reach our hometown for him as well. Did you know it's God's heart to see Abraham and saved? He doesn't want Abraham to go to a lost eternity. He wants Abraham to be saved. He wants you to be saved. He wants come there to be saved. He wants Abraham to be saved. Come back, come on. He wants this area to be saved. And you know how he's going to do it? It is through you and me. God hasn't saved us just so that we can sit in the rows of church one day a week, but he's called us to make an impact on our community. He's called us to tell people about what Jesus has done in our life so that they might encounter him and know him. And you know, we learn a few important truths here. Jesus made it a priority. He wanted to reach his hometown and we should want to reach our hometown as well. And there are a few important lessons for us that we can learn from Jesus about how he went about reaching Nazareth and how we can go about reaching Abraham, how we can go about reaching Abaday. This is what God's heart is. And so we're going to look at a few lessons we can learn from Jesus this morning. The first thing that Jesus had to do when he went back to his hometown, if he was going to reach them and people were going to put their trust and faith in him and they were going to believe in him, was that he would have to, they would have to overcome familiarity. It's the same for you and me. Luke chapter 4, 22 says this, everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by the gracious words that came from his lips. How can they be, how can this be, they asked? Isn't this Joseph's son? You know, this is the first thing that we must do when we are trying to reach the world around us. You know, the people around us we've grown up with, they're the friends who I've been a part of their lives, all of their lives. You know, they're the people who know us inside and out, isn't there? People who are familiar with us and people can sometimes struggle with the fact that we know Jesus and that we are followers of Jesus. And you know, this happened to Jesus as well. Many people didn't recognize him as the son of God. Many people didn't recognize who he was or they were, they didn't believe in him. They, they were saying there, surely, you know, isn't this Joseph's son? This isn't the miracle worker, is it? This isn't the one who claims he's the son of God. This is Joseph's son. We know, we know him. This isn't Jesus. Surely this isn't him. They were familiar with Jesus and this became a barrier to them. This was a barrier for them putting their trust in him, because as it's been said before, familiarity can breed contempt. That's where it can happen within our hearts. When we're used to somebody, or when we're used to something, we can uh, it can breed contempt within our hearts and our lives. And you know, for us as followers of Jesus, we can be familiar with our area. We can be familiar with the people in our area, and we can say, you know, oh, there's no hope. God can't save that person. God can't transform that person's life. You know, we could say there's no way God can turn around Abraham, which has such difficult uh, problems with finances, difficult problems with addictions and things like that. There's no way God can change our community. 
But you know, I really believe that just because we've been a part of this area doesn't mean that we should fit in with the culture around it and see it like everybody else sees it. We should see it through God's eyes, that God loves this area, that God can transform this area, that God can set people free, that God can change circumstances. We need to overcome familiarity if we're going to bring about change and we're going to see God move in this area. If Jesus was going to reach Nazareth, then he had to break through this barrier within his life. I believe that there is no place and there is no person that God's love cannot reach and God's love cannot change. I believe that with all my heart. And why do I believe that? Because God's love has reached me. And if God's love can reach me, he can reach you and it can reach the people out there. It can reach the people out there. You know, I believe that God has called us as a church, not just to be just a building that's here, that people know about is the Pentheys. We're called to be a people who are reaching our communities, reaching those who we know in our lives. Jesus said this in Mark 16, 15, says, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Everyone, that's everyone out there on our doorsteps. Sometimes we think that we've got to reach the world further afield. I believe we need to reach Abraham. I believe we need to reach Abaday. I believe you need to reach your home, your families. God is calling us to preach the good news there. So the first barrier, if we're going to reach our communities, we've got to overcome familiarity. The second lesson we can learn from Jesus about reaching our community is embracing our role. Listen to what it says in Luke 4, 18 to 19. Jesus said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released and the blind will be set uh, and the oppressed will be set free. That the time of the Lord's favor has come. God's called you. Did you know that? To reach your home. He hasn't called me. He's called you to reach your family. God has called you to reach your workplace, not me. He's placed you there. That's who you were to reach. Did you know as a church, God has placed us here to reach Abraham? And he, hasn't, he isn't calling anybody else. He wants to use you and me. Jesus said that he has anointed me. God is the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He sent me to do this. This was Jesus's mission was to reach the people in his hometown and beyond with the good news of Jesus. And it's your responsibility and my responsibility. You might say, Luke, that's your role. You're the pastor of the church. You're the minister. That's your job. You've got to reach the community. No, the Bible says my role is to equip each and every one of you to be, to do the work of the ministry. It is to call for all of us. Yes, I've got my job to play to reach my world, but you've got your part to play as well. This isn't meant to be a religious club. We should be missionaries here, reaching out to our world. Every one of us are called by God to reach the people around us with the good news of Jesus. Did you know our community needs you? Your family needs you. Your workplace needs you. God has placed you there for a purpose. There are people who are hurting, who need God's love. There are people who are bound, who need to know the freedom that God can bring. There are people who are stuck in depression, are filled with anxiety, filled with worry, who need to know about the God who can help them, who can encourage them, who can restore them. There are people who are filled with a lack of purpose, but they need to know that God has a plan and a purpose for their lives, a plan to prosper them, not to harm them, to give them a hope and a future. And God has called you. You might say this morning, Luke, I'm too old. Luke, I'm too young. Luke, I don't have a ministry degree. Luke, I don't really know what 
I am doing. God will give you everything you need. He will call you and he will equip you with everything you need to reach the world around you. I love what it says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. Did you know that this morning? You are chosen. I don't do this very often. Maybe we could say that this morning so it sinks in our hearts all together out loud. Maybe we could say after three, I am chosen. Ready? One, two, three. I am chosen. You were chosen by God this morning, by Almighty God. Let that sink in. The creator of the heavens and the earth has called you. He's given you a call on your life. We are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he has called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. It's not about us saying that we're better than other people. It's not us being a holy, uh, going around saying, look at me, I'm, I'm part of the holy club. I've got a perfect life. It's just being real with people and saying, do you know how messed up my life was? But can I tell you about my savior who's rescued me and changed my life? And he's done it for me. He can do it for you. That's what we are called to do. We have to embrace our role. I really believe this. And I wholeheartedly want to encourage us with this this morning. You have a part to play. There are many people in this room who've got a part to play, even in ministering in this church. I believe that with all my heart. But there is a part to play out there as well. We've got a part to play if we're going to reach our homes. Number three, lesson number three, quickly as we come towards an end, is we've got to step out of our comfort zones. If we're going to reach the people in our communities, the people who we know, we've got to step out of our comfort zones. You know, it says this in Luke 24, verse 24, Jesus said, But I tell you the truth, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. You know, Jesus, his ministry, we see that Jesus wasn't just called to, to reach his hometown. He was called to reach beyond that. And he's called to reach people of all walks of life. Jesus didn't just come to minister to church people or religious people. He came for all people. It says in Luke 19, I've come to seek and save the lost. And the, my, according to me, according to the Bible, the Bible says we were all lost all dead in our trespasses and sins, and we need a savior. And you know, I know how hard it can be sometimes to reach the world around us, but we need to step out of our comfort zones. We need to tell people about who Jesus is. We are called to reach the people in our world around us. And I know there are some unsavory characters that we can come in contact with. I know that sometimes people will come and have a go at us, criticize us. But we're called to reach the world around us. Jesus said this in Matthew 9, verse 10 to 13. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other distributable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of the scripture. I want you to show mercy not offer sacrifices, for I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Anybody know you're a sinner? I know I'm a sinner. And I thank God God has come to call me. He's come to call us this morning. We've got to break down the barriers. We've got to get out of our comfort zones. For too long, we've stuck inside the four walls of our building where there is a community out there who needs to hear the good news of Jesus. There are people who are struggling people who are hurting, and we need to break down those barriers. If we're going to reach our hometown, then we need to step out of our comfort zone like Jesus did. He might not have been welcome, but he stepped out and he went to reach his hometown. Number four, if 
we're going to reach our hometown as well. We've got to leverage the tools that God has given us. I love what it says in Luke 4, 17. It says, the scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He enrolled the scroll and found a place where this was written. You know, what did Jesus use? Jesus here, he read from this incredible scroll which had the word of God on it and declared his purpose and his mission. But did you know God has given us tools to reach our community as well? You know, I thank God that there are leaflets that we can use to hand out to people and invite people to come along to church. There are booklets out there, resources out there that we can use to tell people. But you know, one of the fantastic resources that we have today in telling more and more people about Jesus is the internet. I really believe that. You know, I know many people were hesitant about the internet before COVID, but as a church, we went online during COVID and it was one of the best things we ever did. I really believe that as a church, we reached a lot of people, not just here, but many people far and wide with the good news of Jesus online. And every week we still record our service and every week it still goes online. And and I had an interesting story. I, I heard an interesting story the other day. My my mother, she was out meeting up with some friends. She used to work in the bank and she went out for a meal, catched up with some of her friends uh, uh, who she worked with for many, many years. They went for a meal and they were just chatting. And she said she's known a lot of these women for 25, 30 years, a lot of them. But she said one of her friends, all of a sudden, she, they were talking about family, talking about children. And, and one of her friends turned to her and said, oh, I see Luke is doing very well. My mother turned to her and said, what, what do you mean you see Luke's do, what do you say? How do you know how Luke is doing? She said, oh, I've seen him on church online every week. I see that you share him on Facebook and, and I, I've watched him every now and again and, and, and just see how he's doing. And my mother said she nearly passed out. She nearly keeled over. You know, this woman isn't a Christian, doesn't go into church, but yet she's watching our church services online. And if you're watching online, good morning <laughs> this morning. But, you know, she's watching online. There are so many people who are tuning in. You don't realize it, but there are a lot of people who are looking and watching uh, what is going on. There are people who have this longing and hunger in their heart. They believe there is more to life than just what they are living. They believe there is something more. And maybe you were here today and you've come in here today because you were longing for something. Maybe you were searching for an answer, searching for a meaning. Let me tell you, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the one who can fulfill your life. Jesus is the only one. He has come for you to know him. And God has given us many tools and resources to use to reach out to people. Now, I do want to say, tools are not the rules. Yes, we thank God for them, but we don't rely on them. The ultimate thing we rely on is his word, his spirit. But we can use these things to tell people about Jesus. There are so many ways in which we can reach out. So we can use those things. And finally, as we come to an end, if we're going to reach our hometowns, if we're going to reach this area for Jesus, finally, we need to show grace and humility. We need to show grace and humility. It says in Luke 4 verse 22, everyone spoke well of him and was amazed by his gracious words that came from his lips. How can this be? They asked, isn't this Jesus? And now later on, Jesus did face rejection and opposition from his hometown, from these people. He did face it. And you know, you and I, when we tell people about Jesus, sometimes we will face opposition. We will face rejection. Actually, it's not sometimes. A lot of the time we will face rejection and opposition. Some people might make fun of us. If we even bring up Jesus in a conversation, some people might do that. 
that's between them and God. And, you know, they will have to answer for that one day. But as followers of Jesus, I've seen this done so many times in so many bad ways where people might stand on street corners and shout at people and, you know, in a harsh way, tell people about, about Jesus and, in a sense, bully them into the kingdom and bully them and, and frighten them and tell them about Jesus. And they're scared terribly about, about Jesus and they want nothing to do with Christianity because of that. That is, shouldn't be the way that we reach people. We should reach people with truth, yes, but with grace, because that's how our God has ministered. It is through truth and grace, through love. And we see here Jesus. These people spoke well of him. He spoke graciously. And if we are to win our world for Jesus, then it's not bending the truth, but we need to do it in a loving way, in a compassionate way, in a, humil- in a humble way. There is a way to win people to Jesus. And I believe love triumphs it all. Love wins over all. Not bullying, not harassment, not shouting, not screaming at people, not trying to twist people's arm. It is God telling God people about Jesus simply, about his love, about his goodness, about what he's done, and about people coming to know him. Our actions, who we are, should reflect our Savior. We should reflect our Savior to the world around us who came not to be served, but to serve. And says this in 1 Peter 3, verse 15 to 16. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Do it in a humble way. A gentle way. That's how we're going to reach the people for Jesus. And not only in a humble and gentle way, in an authentic way. People know when we're being real with them or not. People know that. People aren't silly. We need to be genuine with people, real with people, because it's only then we'll see people really come to know Jesus as we tell them about who he is and what he has done in our lives. And so as we come to an end this morning, there's no place like home. God's heart was for his hometown. Jesus wanted to reach his hometown. He came to reach his hometown. Unfortunately, his hometown rejected him. And you know, maybe some people in our hometown might reject us, but that doesn't matter. We've still got a place to reach. We still need to see Abraham saved. We still need to see our homes saved. We still need to see our workplaces saved. And I pray this morning, just even with a few things that we've learned from Jesus today, that they will equip us and help us in reaching our hometown for Jesus. Let's be strong, let's be courageous, but let's ask God for his help, for his anointing, for his spirit in winning this world for Jesus. Let's be humble, let's be gentle, but let's remember we aren't here just for the sake of it, but we're here to see change in our communities and see people come to know Jesus.